Welcome to Called, a podcast where we explore the intersection of ministry and the rest of our lives as church workers. Today we're talking about pre-planning funerals, why it's a good idea, and what you can do to encourage church members to pre-plan their funeral if they would like to. I'm Sarah Brisa, a writer and church musician. And I'm Bill Smoots, a pastor. Join us on the first and third Tuesdays as we talk about cutting the BS and embracing the good. Sarah, did you know that people are just dying to hear this podcast? Oh, but I'm... Sorry, couldn't resist. So between the two of us, Bill and I have ministered in churches for over 50 years, and that means a lot of funerals. A, a lot, lot of, funerals. of funerals. And you know yes. what I have to say, though? I have not helped very many people pre-plan a funeral, though. I've been able to help a few people pre-plan, but, but the reality is that do. most people don't want to pre-plan mm-hmm. uh, because they don't want to think about death. Or, you know, also maybe, maybe they don't even realize that this is an option. Some people haven't really thought of like, oh, what hymns do I want? What, um, what scriptures do I want? Just hasn't even, it's no, not something it's, they've thought about. Yes and no. I, I mean, I think a lot of people just don't want to think about death, so they don't think mm-hmm. about these things. Yeah. If you push somebody, uh, especially somebody who's, who's well-churched, who's, who's at worship mm-hmm. a lot, who's mm-hmm. been involved in the life of a church over years, they've got ideas. Oh, uh, like here's the hymns I'd like. Yeah, they, they just, they often don't take the the next step of telling the pastor or somebody involved yeah. with the church, or especially they don't take the step of telling their family, the family yeah. about yeah. it. So, uh. so people think about it. It's just they don't like to talk about yeah. it. I'm, I'm constantly amazed by the number of people I run into who think that they're going to live forever. Or, or children who think a parent is going to live forever. And, and when death happens, or when an illness leading towards mm-hmm. death happens, they're shocked by it, mm-hmm. they're angry by it, mm-hmm. and yeah. the last thing they can consider at that point is pre-planning. That's hard. Well, yeah. we're, we're a death-denying culture here in twentieth, yeah, late 20th it's, it's and really early 21st century America. Really it is. easy to distance yourself. It is. Yeah. I've read stuff that suggests this, and the longer I live, the more I agree with it. The farther we are removed from our agricultural roots, uh, living on a farm, dealing oh, yeah. with death of animals on a regular basis, the, the harder... It gets for us to talk about death, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and 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 so you know it's hard for us to talk about death, death of people, uh, and now in this day and age where pets or companion animals, I think is the the language, um, serve almost as family for people mm-hmm. that, yeah. that that don't have other family. Um, it's it's the same thing with them. They they don't want to talk about uh, what will happen when it's time for Fluffy's demise or, or uh, the dog gets hit by uh, a car. Um, and, and then I see a growing similarity between burial practices, funeral practices. You know, we, we, we cremate our, our dogs now. Um, oh, yeah. We, we, yeah. we have pet cemeteries mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that, that uh, funeral homes are finding are real cash cows for them <laughs> in yeah. a day when fewer and fewer people are being in-ground buried. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and so mm-hmm. it's just these interesting changing customs. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. And it's interesting, like, what motivates Yes. All of this. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a whole nother Oof. topic. We can we can touch on some of that, but but wow, that's. But it, 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 I think it has to inform what we're talking about. Like our goal here is to talk about making a resource for people to pre-plan their funerals and how you can make that kind of resource, how you can talk to people about it. And I think in order for us to say, hey, you need this resource, 
you need to talk to people about pre-planning funerals, uh, we kind of have to acknowledge like, well, this is a really hard conversation. It is. It is. Um, and, and, and we have to do more than just offer the resource. We really have to extend um, a very serious invitation for them to use it. Yeah. And, and, and not just once, but repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's something. This is coming out of a conversation we're having. Uh, Bill and I work in the same congregation right now, and it's part of a conversation of like, how do we make a resource continually av- available, and how do we bring it up periodically? And so we'll we'll get into that in a bit. Like, here's how we're d- trying to do things here. Um, side note: here's All Souls All Saints. It's coming right up. Yeah, good time. <laughs> you know where well, we're coming. Spoiler but, alert. <laughs> but that's a that's a, a, an important touch point, meaning point in mm-hmm. the life of the church mm-hmm. if done well, yeah. if taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a, something that we're thinking about. How can we take this seriously? How can we do this well? Right. Yeah. So we're going to start out um, not talking about the resource that, that we've made, but talk about the why. Because of this fear of death that we all have, um, hopefully a fear of death that uh, that is transformed into hope in Christ's resurrection. <laughs> there, there's the great that, hope. <laughs> that is our central story. Yes, yes. <laughs> we just have to remember to embrace it every now yeah, and then. Yeah, and, th- and that's a really difficult thing. That's it like, is. That's, I would say that's working out our salvation for our, our lives. So let's talk about like the why. Why would you even want to pre-plan your funeral? The first thing is you're going to care for your family if you yeah. pre-plan your funeral. Well, I, I think pre-planning a funeral is all about care. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's uh, uh, the individual caring for family, those they love. It's it's the congregation exhibiting good pastoral care for its members and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so yeah. so to, to pre-plan a service is to um, take that burden off those who remain when you're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, often yeah. your your spouse or children or partner or or uh, siblings, your extended family, um, who who often don't have a clue what, what your favorite your, hymn was. Yeah, or yeah. what your favorite scripture lesson is. Mm-hmm. They they well, I know I know Grandma read her Bible. It was by her bed, and and there are some that are marked up, but I don't know what her favorite is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or or so and so he sang in the choir for. 35 years um and obviously he had you know favorite music and favorite hymns but nobody knows what they mm-hmm. are yeah and yeah. and so pre-planning not only does it help you put together the celebration of of life that you would like to have for yourself mm-hmm. um the the music that's important to you the 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 scripture kind of who you want to talk things like that mm-hmm. but but it also takes a big burden off your family yeah those yeah, are. which for some people that can be a really big motivator. Um, some people are very motivated by, oh, I do want to care for my family. That's really important for me. Um, and I think like most of us, like, yeah, we care for our family. But that like sense of responsibility can really vary depending on the person. Right. So for some people, that can be a big Well, motivation. it's easy to say, I'm dead. What do I care? And, yeah, and, or and I'm living worry. right now. I don't want to worry about it. Yeah, or think about it. Mm-hmm. This why can be part of conversations that you would have, you know, with a congregation or with individuals you know, here's here's why you should even consider doing such a thing. One of the saddest things that I've experienced over my years of serving churches is longtime members of the congregation, heart and soul type people of the congregation, the patriarchs and matriarchs of the congregation. Often as they get older, they their attendance at church 
dwindles. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and mm-hmm. this is significantly older. It's not just, it's, it's poor physical health. It's just, it's hard for them to get up and get going, mm-hmm. or they don't have a support system around them. And yeah. if they're in a care facility, oh, there's a little chapel service there every after Sunday afternoon at two, and it's easier to go to that, those kinds yeah. of things. And the church loses touch with those uh, people. And, and in many cases, if there was extended family, children, others, um, they've probably grown up and moved away at some level. And, and so they never had a relationship with the church or they no longer have a relationship with the church. And, and the saddest thing I've seen is so-and-so dies and, uh, the service is put together by, uh, the chaplain at the, uh, care facility and it's held there. Mm-hmm. Or worst case for me, the, the celebrant, uh, at the funeral home who's somebody, um, often a caring person. I've, I've known oh, some yeah, great yeah, celebrants, yeah. but, but they've just sent to, uh, take some classes at, at a, section of the mortuary school mm-hmm. um, that, that says this is how you help put together a service. Yeah, um, yeah. And the church loses this opportunity to have a meaningful connection with someone who has loved the church, someone they have loved, mm-hmm. um, yeah. because those those relationships have, have just grown distant. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you're trying to provide the best pastoral care and staying connected to that person who's in the care facility or who's still in your town, if you don't have a connection to the rest of the family, the the church will, yeah, will miss that opportunity. Yeah. And and I'm not just looking for to do more funerals. That's not my 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 impetus here. This it's, is this is theology here. Well, this is this is around death and resurrection. Like it, this is this is pretty core. It, it, it's core, core to Christianity stuff, here. But, but it's but it's 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 also for me about community. Mm-hmm. Um, how does how do, how how do we live out life with one another? And and that includes um, the the beginning of life as as we baptize and welcome young lives into the uh, the life of the community, and also as people die and as we celebrate their lives and uh, hopefully are sending them home to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, or acknowledging yeah. what has already happened yeah. that yeah. That, yeah. that God has has taken them home mm-hmm. and, and so this pre-planning is important um, not just for the individuals but also I think for the community uh, the the community of the church to to they have some invested uh, emotion in the members and friends of the church having done pre-planning this is, this brings us to two whys, which are by pre-planning funerals, the church as a whole has an opportunity to have a conversation around death mm. and talk about the church's collective theology and people's individual understandings of what that means. Right. And by doing this kind of pre-planning, the church also has an opportunity to be a helper in the bigger societal um, question of how do we how do we die? And I'm thinking of um, living wills. I'm thinking of financial planning. I'm thinking of my my husband is a anesthesiologist and is frequently um, having conversations with families who are making decisions for a relative who didn't give them clear instructions for how they want to die. And the family member is going to die, and it's it's you know how is this going to happen? Healthcare directives yeah. are huge. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and it's an important so part hard. of this planning. Mm-hmm. It's so hard for people to. To, to think about that ahead of time. And I think that the church can be, you know, the church collectively, each of our congregations can help have that conversation. Because like, you know, if we can't talk about death in the church, like where, where are we going to talk about death, right? right? In the hospital room as you're literally dying and probably can't say anything because you're 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 not um not conscious or, at that point. Or in the hall outside the hospital room where the family has the meltdown 
yeah fight mm-hmm. um because yeah. there's no clear yeah. guidance directive and everybody mm-hmm. has a different I'll use the word theological understanding but but some of that is theology and some of it's just kind of popular culture belief about mm-hmm. death and dying and yeah. guardian angels and all those kinds so of churches, things. So churches, churches can be hugely instrumental here. The financial planning, the theology, the end of life healthcare directives, that, I mean, that's huge. That's yes. really huge. And a church can be a, hopefully a safe or safer place to talk about it. Yes. I don't, I don't know that it's a, a worship conversation mm-hmm. it, it can be um, it, it if you're intentional in, in how you approach funerals it can be a funeral conversation but that's mm-hmm. not going to get everybody yeah. but I think these kinds of educational moments are best done in the traditional adult education or, or uh, a special one-off event mm-hmm. um, and and you know where where we're serving now we're blessed with a plethora of lawyers and doctors mm-hmm. uh, so that we could do some of those other pieces with not just church staff, but yeah. but but members helping out. Um, but but it's and I think it's important to do it more than once. Um, churches are great at saying, "Oh, we 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 did a funeral pre planning. How long ago was that? Well, that was 1996. Oh, it's 2019. Maybe oh, we ought to think about doing it again. Let's let's talk about some of these hows. We'll get to our the funeral guide that that we okay. put together. But but to this point of like the timing and like the doing of these activities, I was in a congregation where they did a series, I think it was called On Death, and it was all throughout Lent. It was like a Wednesday night potluck Perfect thing. time to talk yeah, about death. It, well, yeah, well, but also just like, you know, it's, it's like six weeks. It's like, it can be really intentional. Right. Um, a lot of churches have a Lenten thing that they do. And so I was, I participated in one of the activities. I, um, I played hymns for them and they, they all had hymnals and we had some other suggestions. I think we did some, you know, when the saints come marching in, which is definitely not in the Episcopalian hymnal. <laughs> but, you know, like th- that kind of, that kind of stuff just to help people think about what they were doing. I think, um, after I left, I think they were doing like scripture, scripture possibilities. Um, and I, I think on other nights they were talking about financial planning and healthcare directives and those kinds of things. And it was just like very well attended. Let's have this ongoing conversation. So there's the one piece. You can do that kind of serious kind of thing. Uh, you can also take the approach of, as we said, all souls, all saints. It comes once a year. We are often talking about death right around that time, it, and, and it comes every year. So it can be a nice prompt of like, oh, hey, we have these resources available available let's let's talk about it let's let's remind people that these things are available resources are there you know like this is what we've just been through this summer where we've been trying very experiential worship um maybe i need to take back that this isn't a worship thing you know maybe this could be a series of worship services and and part of the 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 teaching slash sermon time then becomes okay now uh sarah's gonna play 10 different mm-hmm. funeral hymns or, yeah. or we're going to invite you to sit and talk uh, to to the people around you about mm-hmm. what are your favorite scripture lessons yeah. and there's going to be you know things you can write down I'm in the bulletin. I'm also thinking of the you know what's your first experience with death? Yes. How do we yes. talk with children about death? I had someone contact me recently because we've had a, a grandparent pass away in, in our family so my son has been possibly more exposed to death than a lot of little children and um, you know Sarah, like, how have you talked about death with Nico? Because I need to talk about this with my kid. It's a perennial question. How do we talk about death with small children? Like, yeah. With older children. Can, can okay. I tell you my story? Sure. So we're, we're up visiting my grandparents with our 
oldest two sons. They were both around. So so Mark is probably five. Noah's three. And and my grandparents wanted to take us out to the cemetery to show us where they where they were going to be mm, buried. And they were yeah. so proud. They already had the headstones there. Oh, with, now these with, are people planning ahead. With, yeah, they really did the plan family. ahead That's wonderful. with their birth dates on it mm-hmm. and and symbols that were important to them. One grandma was Job's daughter. Grandfather was uh, a mason and he'd been in the Navy. And so there were these little brass mm-hmm. medallions mm-hmm. Uh, on, on the top of their stones. And um, and, and, and Mark and Noah were kind of, you know, running all around the cemetery as little boys are going to Stepping do. on people's graves. Yeah. Oh, oh, not paying any attention to oh. that. And, and, but Mark did pay enough attention to, to hear his great grandmother talking about, well, when I die. And he goes, Grammy, I don't want you to die. Aww. And she goes, oh, sweetie, we all have to die. And she pulled him over onto a nearby bench and they had a five minute talk about death. You oh. could not, I mean, we couldn't have planned that. We couldn't have paid money for that to happen. Mm-hmm. It was just a gift. Oh, that's gift. priceless, yeah. And, 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 you know, maybe that's one of the things that we need to encourage members and church. friends to think yeah. about is, when can you have those conversations mm-hmm. or, or, or how be, can the be, church foster those conversations? Yes. How can we foster yeah. them? And, and how can you be looking for those yeah. opportunities? Mm-hmm. Because they just mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. You can't plan yeah. them. Yeah. You can't, okay, we're going to come over to grandma's for dinner uh, well, this Sunday night and sit down and talk about death. You know, that like that goes work. back to the all souls, all saints. And in some cultures, like I'm thinking my husband uh, spent the first 10 years of his life in the Philippines and you went to go clean grandparents' graves. You clean the relatives' graves. This is we're going to talk about. Yes. Talk about death And here. you remember them. And also, like, if you're if children are in the church, we've got Easter, yes. which is preceded by Jesus dying um, Though, in a violent way. We don't like to talk about that I know, much. but, like, you take you know, your Good kids. Good Friday is kind of a low day for yeah, but, most but attendance. But I think that children are aware that even little children, if they have any sort of children's Bible, they're what what's happening there's there's some I'll clue into this though i got to tell you i i know some people well who quit attending any church because well the church kept talking about jesus dying and they didn't want their children exposed to that now they keep their children away from the news and and from from anything that appears bad in their mind mm-hmm. um and and that's their choice as parents yeah. I, i'm not yeah, i'm not yeah, getting yeah. that but there's it such has... the hope of resurrection here too yeah. Yeah. and that, to me that like the you you kind of have one with the other and that and the church it's needs to be major, offering our, our, it's yeah. our major stressor that there is life after death that yeah. we believe that uh dying while it's sad and and it breaks relationships that for the one who's died there is a greater glory yeah that is ours through the gift of resurrection mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and through what jesus so did by on the cross for us pre-planning funerals you can preach gospel through this, like this is this is not a amen, sister Sarah. A, a gab, yes, a, a, a grab for give us your endowment money or whatever. Although that's nice too, but that's like that's not the point here. The point is the gospel, right. and this is just right. one way right. of, of and, doing and, that. And this is how we yeah. care for how, how a church cares for its members mm-hmm. and how the members care for each other. Yeah, and that's pretty significant. Let's talk about the resources that we have. And this is something that um, uh, Bill has used in previous churches, and we've been putting it together and uh, adapting it for our church. And we want to share share what is in this so that other people, you, you listeners, could possibly make a similar resource for your congregation. When I go sit with a family uh, who's just had somebody die um, and, and they're wanting to plan a service, they, it's often like looking at deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. They're just, yeah. you know, they don't know where to start. And, and so I found over time that it can be really helpful if the church has a, 
a funeral policy, if there's mm-hmm. if there's things that are acceptable at the church or not acceptable at the church, if if there can be an outline of a standard uh, funeral service, mm-hmm. if there can be uh, maybe twenty different hymns from the church hymnal that are appropriately uh, funeral, if there can be a variety of scripture suggestions, Old New Testament, mm-hmm. uh, that that if that can be put together in a in a packet that you can hand mm-hmm. to people yeah. or point them to the website and say, you'll find it there. Right here. Yep. Um, that that people are just so thankful mm-hmm. and so yeah. appreciative because it gives them a starting point. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I try and tell folks, nothing's set in concrete. We can always take, re, you know, scripture resources mm-hmm. or hymnal resources, music resources that, that, that aren't here. But, and in some churches, but, it is set in concrete, but you know. Well, <laughs> Uh, in the churches that I have served, uh, it's it's not set in concrete. Yeah. Though, though I think there's also one of the things when I go in, in in those situations, I have a sense of what I think is appropriate and faithful, and what is not. Oh, and, yeah. and I yeah. will try and steer conversation mm-hmm. in that way or mm-hmm. own that up. Yeah. There are times when um, you know somebody wants Broadway show tunes for for music or or when there's been some poetry suggestions that you know I led my own life and did it my way and God be damned oh. uh, but but please take me into heaven you know yeah. type poetry I'm thinking of the of the uh, is it Frank Sinatra I did it my way yeah yeah that yeah. played at a funeral I did one time in a church and I was like oh yeah. I did not approve that uh, one and, but and, I was not and, a judge and, and I think that those kinds of things really begin to impede on um, the theology of of death, life, death, resurrection mm-hmm. that the church embraces, yeah. and and so this is where a policy is good. Um, and and it's a, not my fault; it's the policy's <laughs> fault. You'd ha- you'd have to take that up with the parish council. Well, well, if and and hopefully the policy can steer some of those yeah. um, questions or desires in a positive way oh, from yeah. the get go. So it's not just a policy of no, no, no. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But but we do these kinds of things. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and so let's think about how we fit your desires into these broader yeah. uh, parameters yeah, exactly. of, of how we put together a, a memorial service, funeral service, how we celebrate the life of so-and-so. So this resource has a template, a suggested template, which, of course, depending on your denomination, may or may not be necessary. You might have a, well, it's going to be the way the service is. You can choose scriptures right. and hymns. I, I think in a but, Catholic, Catholic yeah, yeah. Roman Catholic, where, where it's just, you know, Mm-hmm. Here's here's our funeral stick. Yeah, and but but when I, so so like you could have a template, possibly possible hymns. I think. Oh, you've got to have possible gotta have hymns. hymns. Um, and and, and could, possible scripture readings. Mm-hmm. And possible scripture People readings. People don't know yeah. scripture. Yeah, and then whatever the church policies are that are outlined and hopefully approved by right. the council or right. what, whatever that group is. Just just an example of one policy where mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of churches struggle um, is is a picture of the deceased. Mm. Where where should that be? Oh, um, interesting. I've 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 seen churches where. They're welcome. They welcome the church up on the uh, communion table or or altar uh, mm-hmm. or sitting on top of a casket if mm-hmm. it's if it's actual an in casket yeah. service. And other churches where um, leadership is set over time. Oh no, that that feels like we're worshiping the individual instead of their worshiping God. And, and so so you know what what are yeah. those, so those policies are, that reflect yeah. the the theological nuances of that particular congregation or that denominational mm-hmm. tradition? Yeah. It's important yeah. to capture those in policy. Mm-hmm. The other piece that that our document has, and and this is one we're still working on, this church has embraced having a memorial garden uh, around the building where people's ashes can be interred, yeah. and and uh, this this 
part of the life of this church was put together 12, 14 years ago and needs updating. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's been more difficult to update than I would well, have imagined. A lot imagined. of legal stuff. This isn't just... There's, well, there's, there's legal yeah. stuff. There's, there's, it, it's, it's a, there's just lots of stuff around it. I think it's great for a church to have a memorial garden. It can certainly offer a more cost-effective um, option for members mm-hmm. and, and yeah. friends of the congregation. And uh, and that's a thing to think about. Mm-hmm. I mean, funeral yeah, costs are incredible, or, yeah. incredibly high, especially if you do an in-ground mm-hmm. uh, casket burial. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Eight to ten thousand is it's, kind of a minimum, yeah. and it goes up dramatically from there. Whereas a, a, a cremation, and well over fifty percent of all uh, deaths in in this country in this day and age, folks are mm-hmm. choosing cremation, yeah. is is much less expensive. It's still you know it's still probably two or three thousand dollars altogether, maybe a little bit more, but. But that's a huge difference. Uh, it's a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so the church offers a garden where here we do in-ground burial of ashes. Mm-hmm. Other other places, the church I've served had just a garden where they scattered ashes on mm-hmm. top of the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, a lot depends on your local zoning laws, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. what what the local government is is willing to allow you to do. Yeah. Here here it's very clear we can put ashes in the ground, mm-hmm. uh, but we can't put them in a container. Uh, they have to be mixed with soil and and mm-hmm. so we've we've had to pay attention to that yeah, and that's yeah. different from what everybody so thought they'd be into, doing into that policy document it does yeah it does yeah yeah and so then you have to say you know these things are requirements of the community of, mm-hmm. of the of the the local government not mm-hmm. just the not church just the church yeah yeah so these, these are all really important things and they it kind of comes back to that you know what do you want what do you want when you die there's, yes. Like there's there's the why oh like do do you want to have ten thousand dollars for your family to pay like do you have you know that, that these are difficult questions um but questions that are important to talk about and we we the church collectively can facilitate these conversations in hopefully a wonderful and gospel filled way can can I offer up something else here that is striking me I had never served a church that had its own cemetery mm. until an interim pastorate I did a few years back. And that's a whole different ballgame in some ways yeah. for a church. And and I liked where we could do a service and then literally walk out behind the church and 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 put somebody in the ground. That was yeah. that was really cool. But the challenge um that they were experiencing is that they had lost track of about eight hundred graves they had sold over the years oh, no. to to people who had moved, who had um been buried elsewhere. As people are getting cremated, often they're ashes are just scattered and and they don't use the the burial plots that have been in the family and and, and so the you know, the church was ostensibly going to run out of space someday because they'd sold a certain amount of plots and only had so many more to sell but but probably most of those 800 plots they couldn't account for were never going to be used and wow. and and so so if if a church is going to have a if, if a church has a cemetery or or uh, is is going to have a columbarium garden. memorial yeah. garden these are the odd kind of things that need to be thought about and, need and to talked be about really good track of and them. oh and records have to be incredible Watertight, yeah and, and and the other thing that church got on a regular basis was people calling from all over the country doing genealogical research and did we have records of if so and so was buried there. Now, not that it's the church's responsibility to help family members doing genealogical research, but it was, again, just another 
reason to encourage good record keeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to have yeah. church, you need to know what graves what are your burials, have been what sold. Are your weddings, what are your... you, you need to know <laughs> yeah. who's in what plot, um, mm-hmm. when they were put there, those kinds of things. Yeah. Those are and, and if those records don't exist, um, they need to be uh, recreated as much as possible. Yeah. And in this day and age, um, there's software that will help a church record who's buried where so so that folks don't have to call the church. They can just go to the church's website and find oh, all this information uh, there. So oh. just an aside. but Yeah, but um, an important aside. It, it's related. Yeah. In recent years, at recent churches, I have gotten requests from church members, church friends. Hey, um, one of my good friends parent just died and they have no uh, church affiliation, but but that parent always wanted a church burial. Or this family is a mess and they really could use some guidance. Yeah. What yeah. do you do? And, and we'll I have yes. found, well, that's, that's what you do as far as I'm concerned. I found that this is a place where, um, again, it's not about pre-planning, but, it, but it's a place where the congregation can care for its members in a significant way. Mm-hmm. And through caring for its members, it cares for the larger community. Yes. And, yes. and, and, and I know in churches where there's, there's perhaps a more strict set of ground rules mm-hmm. around funerals or, or a theological yeah. framework that yep. won't allow for a lot of flexibility. This may not be a possibility, but, but I think it's, it behooves a church to um, be open to this possibility to maybe even state it with its funeral policy mm-hmm. on the website mm-hmm. uh, that, that yeah. it's open to this possibility. Or I'm thinking of pastors who might be in that kind of congregation where they themselves can't have a, you know, a non-Catholic a funeral, whatever, you know, they can have another pastor that they can say, oh, contact pastor so-and-so. Correct. You know, Correct. pastors know other pastors. They can certainly do that kind of information because, because then it doesn't leave a bad taste in that family's mouth. Correct. You know. And and I the the longer I'm in this business, the more interested I am in connecting with people in those moments where they feel they need the church, mm-hmm. rather just yeah. you know my saying, oh, you know they they haven't been connected, so we can't do anything for them. I think that's so, yep, too bad, so opposite sad. the the gospel <laughs> uh, and yeah. and the teachings of Jesus that we follow that. You know, I just want to encourage folks to 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 have an openness to this if they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And maybe it's a conversation you have Even with your leadership board. Yeah. Oh, it's always more work. Yeah. Funerals are never simple, and they always kind of take over your your life and the life of the church staff for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's what we're here for. And, and and we need to be open to that. So so I I don't know how you pre-plan for that uh, outside of hopefully you have an openness to uh, this is where the spirit is leading us in this particular day or week or or whatever the time frame. So pre-plan funerals, grace-filled conversations. We yes. hope. We have one read of the week this week. Although um I think we have more reads of the week except uh. Bill, where where have you been lately? <laughs> well, I'm 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 doing my my Tolkien geek thing. Um, I'm getting I, I read the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings every five years or so, and and uh, this fall is is five years, so time to read it's it. Fine. And I'm doing a lot of background reading, some of the the huge body of literature that uh, has has grown up around uh, Tolkien's writings, and and I've discovered a new a new to me author by the name of Verilyn Flieger, a retired professor from University of Maryland or something like that, and. 
and she's written several volumes of essays uh, on on stuff Tolkien. Mm-hmm. And we've we've talked about one of those yes. on the on the show. So I'll, we did. I'll put a we link did. in the so, show. Notes. So I keep yeah. reading her stuff and and discovered recently that there's like two or three books I didn't even know she'd written. Ooh, and, and, and I'm just enjoying the reading. Yeah. And uh, so. That's fun. Doing my geek thing. I'm glad you're doing serious reading on our no, behalf. I, I, I think this is much heavy, much heavier reading, actually. <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> so the book I have for you guys this week is Raising a Screen Smart Kid, Embrace the Good and Avoid the Bad in the Digital Age, and it's by Juliana Minor. And I um, I was given a copy by the author, and I thought, oh, this will be really good for a three-year-old who um, is totally addicted to any shiny thing that... <laughs> you know that kind of thing and then he loves daniel tiger let's be serious yeah, he does <laughs> um and that ended up being not at all what it was about um it's for older children and i still read the whole thing because it was all about like um like what do you do when with about sexting or what do you do about uh the open-ended internet and all of the things that are on the internet and you can, can access the news yeah they're, they're hor- horrible things on the internet or um online bullying all kinds of huge problems um, or, or a huge hurdles, difficulties, um, ways of being in the world. Like how do you help your kids um, learn how to be online given that many, many young people will be having Instagram accounts when they're teenagers? Uh, most young people will be having those kinds of things. And um, talking with young people about permanence given that they're young and, and are planning to live forever and have a very difficult time thinking about permanence of what they put online, you know? And you want your college age kids to know that they shouldn't put certain pictures on yeah. uh, their Instagram page mm-hmm. or, or Facebook if they still have that yeah. or ever yeah. had that uh, because employers will check that stuff out oh, yeah. down the road. Yeah, yeah. And that you need to be you need to be thinking big picture mm-hmm. and, and long term. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing for Young people whose brains are still actively developing. Yeah. And it's a hard thing, I think, for parents to talk about because you're talking with kids who may or may not want to even talk to you right now because <laughs> they're teenagers That's or what have you. So this is mostly right. for like middle school and, and uh, teen, teen people. Hopefully your kids are not too engaged with this as like eight-year-olds. God, God help us. This may be a place where the church can be useful. Well, okay, yes, exactly. That's that's why I'm like, oh, this right. is so relevant to what we're talking about because this is like, these are conversations we could be having in church. These are conversations we could be having in middle school and high school, faith formation classes, confirmation class, Sunday school, whatever it is in your church. Here and, we go. And, and adults <laughs> need we, some help. Com- uh, conversation we can be having with all those adults who, at the child's baptism, promise to help raise them Ooh, to know yeah. Christ. And and you know, when I walk a baby after I do a baptism, I, I say, you all just made a pretty significant promise and go through mm-hmm. some of the things they promised. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I, I always lift up or try to always lift up is that you will be uh, an adult for them in those years when the parents are less smart, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that, that you can stand in and that you can answer the questions and walk with them at a time when, when their, their, their parents maybe aren't welcome into their lives yeah. very much. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so, so I, we can make the tie to baptism promises. Yeah. Another one. I this think is great. so. Yeah. So is... raising a screen smart kid by Juliana Minor. There you go. Adult, I, I, adult book group right I, there. <laughs> adult book group. And I, I got a five-year-old granddaughter. Oh my gosh. I think she's going to need that like at seven. <laughs> That's it for this week's installment of Called. We appreciate you listening. Uh, look for new episodes on the first and third Tuesdays of the month. You can find show notes at calledpodcast.com. 
And also at Called Podcast, you can find my resources for church staff and subscribe to my weekly newsletter, which is all about things church-related. And she has all sorts of cool stuff. You do want to subscribe to this. If you're enjoying the show, we ask that you please let other folks know about it. Share it with your your ministry buddies or, or share it you're in a support group or, or there's there's a way through your judicatory, uh, please please share. We hope what we're doing is, is useful uh, for a bunch of you. I'm Sarah Breza. And I'm Bill Smoots. Until next time, cut out the BS and embrace the good.